The biggest hurdle between me and eating healthy, delicious meals for lunch is decision fatigue. Honestly, by the time lunchtime rolls around, I've already made like a thousand decisions from what my toddler should wear to how much I want to argue with her about how you have to brush your teeth in the morning, you know? <laughs> for sure, for sure. No, I absolutely agree. And like I have taken to doing meal preps or like buying a bunch of ready to eat meals to like heat up quickly. And I recently tried Factor. And let me tell you, Factor is like 12,000 steps above and beyond any ready to meet eat meal I have ever tried before. That's right. Eating better is easy with Factor's delicious ready to eat meals. Every fresh, never frozen meal is chef curated, dietitian approved, and ready to go in just two minutes. You'll have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. And there are more than 60 add ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. What are you waiting for? Get started and get after your goals. I tried the two-minute meals where I could fuel up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat wherever you are. And they also offer pancakes, smoothies, and more. There's a wide variety of easy options throughout the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. Plus, there's no prep and no mess. Factor meals are ready to heat and eat, so there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup required. Factor is also flexible for your schedule. You can get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. Factor is the perfect solution when you're looking for fast premium options with no cooking required. And you don't want to make any more decisions because you're exhausted, like me. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Factor is less expensive than takeout and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Head to factormeals.com slash justbreakup50 and use code justbreakup50 to get 50% off. That's code justbreakup50 at factormeals.com slash justbreakup50 to get 50% off. Welcome to Just Break Up, the podcast about love, heartbreak, and all the relationship advice you don't want to hear. My name is Sierra DeMolder. And I'm Sam Blackwell. And this week, we're going to tackle topics like why crushes don't just disappear when we're in a relationship, the false allure of staying in contact with an ex, and <laughs> the abyss of human cruelty. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all, the third letter... The third letter of this episode is one of the hardest letters I've ever read. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Uh, but before we begin, we just want to give you our Surgeon General's warning, which is that Sierra and I are not licensed mental health practitioners. We are not your therapist as much as you would like us to be. We are just two people who uh, agreed to start a podcast together because we liked talking about relationships, and that is the mm -hmm. long and short of it. Yep, yep, absolutely. We are not professionals. We are not trained in this, so please take our advice as you see fit. We are only here to offer our humble musings so we shed some understanding and maybe some laughs on the incredibly rewarding but mostly confusing experience that is love. All right, Sam, what is this week's check-in topic? All right, this check-in topic is expired by inspired by a writer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like milk. Yeah, exactly. This uh, this check-in topic expired in 2022. Um, 
Their name is Tooth Police. Uh, pronouns are she, her, who's writing from the station. I assume the Tooth Police station is where she's writing from. Um, and basically she talks about how her boyfriend has uh, some, quote, weird ideas about brushing his teeth, which uh, is that he wakes up in the morning and doesn't necessarily brush them immediately and sometimes will go out and do things before he brushes his teeth. Um, and Tooth Police has some some strong feelings about um, <laughs> whether or not that that's acceptable and has some fear about the idea of um, her boyfriend having bad breath and dating someone who's going out into the world right. with bad breath. Um, and I thought it would be a um, an interesting topic to talk about like hygiene um, talk about like things that our partners do that are like um, grating on us, even though they like have nothing to do with us and like how we can totally. sort of sit in the reality of uh, there's no like right or best way to to do things. And that sometimes we have yeah. to like create space for our partners to practice hygiene in their own ways, um, even if we look at it and say, like, that is not how I would do that. <laughs> so, like, yeah, there's like all these dental hygienists listening to us, and like, there is a right way. <laughs> no, the dentists are for sure like, no, brush your teeth. Absolutely. Please do it after you eat. Um, uh, which, like, yes, I don't want to say that we're like trying to go against the ADA or something, but no. like, <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. I actually, this letter made me think about the fact that like I was. It's almost similar to the letter writer's um, shock uh, at other people's um, hygiene practices. Sure. I found out that like two people in my like family circle only brush their teeth in the morning, but not at night. Mm. And that's just like how they've done it their whole lives. Like one of them has like never had any cavities. <laughs> Which, like... So it's just fucking, man, it's just like wrinkles and stretch marks. Like it's probably like 99% your genetics. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like you can brush your teeth like seven times a day and still like have a mouthful of cavities. Yeah. It's just like that your teeth yeah. are like weird on the inside or something. <laughs> um, again, the dentists are going to like write us a whole bunch of yeah, angry letters. Like, uh, be like, no, everyone inside. should be brushing their teeth. Uh, yeah, yeah. Which yeah, like, yeah. yes, absolutely. Like cool. That's what. That's yes, what for so many us. for so many medical reasons, and also, uh, I think that Sam and I both were struck in this letter by, um, by how empowering it would be if we all let go of the assumption that that there that we know the right way, mm. especially when we are faced with the with the opposite. I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think part of being in relationship is like recognizing the fact that different people have different ways of taking care of their bodies. Um, right. And that there are things that people that might be really big hangups for you that aren't necessarily hangups for your partner. Right. Like it sounds like the idea for tooth police of like her boyfriend going out and having bad breath while he goes like shoe shopping is like a nightmare for her. Whereas like, he doesn't seem to care, <laughs> which is yeah. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Right. Like, and so part of it is like, how do we create space for the idea of we're going to have different approaches to how to maintain our bodies. And, yes. and sometimes like, and how do you like walk the sort of line between, um, like this is unattractive to me because like you're not taking care of yourself versus like, okay, you don't brush your teeth in the morning religiously. Like, does that mean you're a gross or nasty person? Like maybe, maybe not. Right. Like 
Like there are things that I do that are really gross that like Peter has to put up with. Like the sounds I make with my nose and like the things I do, I have chronic <laughs> allergies, right? Like yeah, my yeah, nose yeah. is always full of snot and I'm always like doing things like, should I be like blowing my nose into a Kleenex every time? Probably, like that's probably like the <laughs> hygienic thing to do. But instead, uh-huh. no, I just like rub my noise, nose until it yeah, makes weird totally. noises and like gets the stuff moving. Like I, I, I'll be vulnerable. I'll, I'll share <laughs> right. a body thing. I'm that one fucking bitch who's bleeding on everything. Like every time I fucking have a period, I bleed through uh, my pants. I bleed. I, I like, I'm, I literally don't even have that heavy of heavy of a flow, but sure. I literally like always drip blood somewhere. Yep. Sheets, rugs, towels, underwear, all stained. Um, I just fucking can't get my shit together. <laughs> I just, I can't be proactive enough to not ruin something once a month. <laughs> for sure. For sure. I like how yeah. this is just like turning into admit Devolved. embarrassing things about yourself. I don't shower after I run most of the time. Yeah. I'm just going to say it. Oh yeah. Oh no, no, no. I, I sleep, I sleep in that sweat girl. Absolutely. Sleep in that sweat. <laughs> I shower in the morning. So if I go for a run in the afternoon, I'm not going to take another shower. Like, no, oh, that's totally. just, yeah. I'm just going to yeah, like yeah. live my life smelling in places. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, ooh, ooh. here's another one that is like, I know is polarizing. Um, uh-huh. Or maybe that much, but like we have like a shoe household. Like we wear our shoes throughout the oh, house. My God. I have a friend. They would like murder you if they knew that that yeah. happened. <laughs> But I also, like, get it now that I have a baby who's about to be, like, crawling everywhere. Like, now I'm like, man, we're tracking all sorts of shit. Literally. Literally, probably. (laughs) Throughout our house. And then I have to, like, clean it all the time. (laughs) You know? Mm -hmm. Um, So, wait. This is a very fun conversation (laughs) about um, uh, random gross things. But I think what it comes down to is there's a line in in the letter that says, I don't. Um, sometimes I wonder if this is a deal breaker for me. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, it's, it's gotta be a combination of things. Like Sam set it up perfectly before. Like, are you, what is the combination between, are you trying to prescribe your way of doing things right. on other people versus how much of this is an actual turnoff that you cannot compromise on you cannot head and heart your way or you know like it sounds like to this letter writer you can't head and heart work yourself into being like no no this is cool chill i'm chill (laughs) you know Mm -hmm, what i mean mm -hmm. maybe this is a deal breaker for you and like those things that sam and i just listed like those could be deal breakers for our exes or our part future partners or whatever like honestly oh my god do you want the real (laughs) still in the realty yes i do fucking (laughs) i literally never thought I could date somebody with bad breath. And then, and then I did. (laughs) (laughs) And then I did. And then I was like really into them, but it was like a very confusing experience because it wasn't like unkissable, Uh but it was also like it existed. Do you know what I mean? I am going to need a name (laughs) once we're off mic. Uh, Yeah. yeah, No, that's real. No, that, and I, and right. Like, I think it becomes at least easier to sort of talk about when it is more about like, oh, this is how this is impacting me rather than like, oh my God, you should be brushing your teeth or like, oh my God, you should take, like, you're gross. Why are you taking, why are you not taking a shower after you run? (laughs) But instead being like, um, you know, like, it's really sexy to me when you brush your teeth before we, before we make out, because I know that you're thinking about me. Right. Or like, 
oh, um, you know, like it's, uh, I really enjoy cuddling with you, but I get distracted when you haven't showered after you run. Like, but instead of being like, you're gross, like you shouldn't be doing these things. Like that's when it becomes like a little bit like, uh, is this, Shamey. this is, yeah. And it's also, and then the question for you is like, who taught me that the, that like not doing this thing in this way is shameful, yes. right? Like who well, taught me that this is like gross or like not worthy of respect or like there's somehow something like deeply wrong with somebody who doesn't brush their teeth two times a day or doesn't brush their teeth immediately upon waking up. I'm so glad you said that to use the letter writer's word um, that it's just polite to brush your teeth. Right. Mm. Is it polite or is it like an autonomous choice that I do to like maintain my oral and digestive health? Mm -hmm. You know, is it a polite thing to do to have good smelling breath? Sure. Also, like, I don't know. Like when I go shoe shopping, like I don't think that I'm noticing anyone else's breath. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> well, and so why I'm saying that is like, hey, letter writer, like this is not to shame you either. Just to point out like, we all have these wounds that in one way or another have trained us to interact with the world in certain ways in which we, to interact with the world in certain ways to make us more palatable to other people, to protect mm. our wounds from being reopened or activated or whatever. And so like, I honestly, like there's somebody at home, probably a dentist who's like, there's a, I have a childhood wound about brushing my teeth, Sierra. You fucking, you don't know what you're talking about. And you're right. I don't. But I'm saying like, maybe there's something in your history that's like, has coded you to understand that doing this is, makes you a good person that makes you more lovable or whatever. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah, absolutely. And I also think like, there's a thing about bodies here too. Like our bodies are an affront to other people, right? Like, yeah. Like the idea that like you have body odor is like impolite and it's like, no, you just have body odor, right? Like your body yeah. is doing a thing that it's yeah. designed to do. Um, and like, again, it's like, who are we making ourselves small for? Like who taught us that like our bodies are so shameful that like we shouldn't go out in public unless they're like perfectly clean, <laughs> you know? Like Yes, totally. All to say, brush your teeth twice a day, floss once a day. We know, <laughs> yes, the ADA tells it's, us. <laughs> yes, and it's actually really good for your health. And also, yes. if you don't like your partner's hygiene to the point where you are really stressing about it and you are really feeling as though this is an incompatibility that is so okay that is mm. so okay i wish i was like listen person with bad breath i don't want to date you because you're toxic and your breath smells <laughs> like, it was the toxicity that, that would be shaming them it was like it was that coming would be out shaming of me through their mouth and like, i don't <laughs> i don't even like that i said that because like i don't care i don't care um but like you know I, again, it's a combination of live and let live and do I want to live with you? <laughs> you know? But uh, I do want to say, I'm just going to add one more piece of chaos into this check-in topic before we get into our letters. I have to say this. I have to. In the original letter, they write at the very end, sometimes I feel like his mom and I hate it. Legit. That to me, yep. legit. Red flag. You don't want to date your baby <laughs> so, mm -hmm. so, like you don't well, want to have to mother your child excuse me mother your person into being the person you think they need to be like 
after you do the head and heart work of like unpacking, like, why is this such a point of contention for me? If it still is, and you still feel like you have to mother this person into not just the person you want them to be, but into like a functional being, like that's a turnoff for me. That's an incompatibility for me. For sure. Absolutely. And if you are creating the situation in which you have to mother people by creating this idea yes. that there's right and wrong, yes. like that's that it. is also that's not, right there, Sam. That's not your partner's fault, right? Like that's on that's you. It. Like who told you that you had to correct everything about your partner to make them oh. fit exactly the way that you think that they should be operating, right? Like, Are you the eldest? Let me tell you. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> your absolutely. parent probably told you. <laughs> yes. Uh, absolutely. And part of relationships, like I said, is like, recognizing that people have different ways of doing things, right? Like yes, I have totally. to, I have to bite my tongue about things that Peter does because I have to be like, he's just doing We're it We're talking like a happy <laughs> yes. marriage, four years of marriage, you yes. know, and you have to be like, <laughs> yep, yep. why do you, why do you back out of the driveway like that? Why do you mow the lawn like that? Like, because mm-hmm. we have this pre preconceived understanding of right way, wrong way, because that's what we have inherited mm-hmm. from our experience but yep. other people inherit different experiences. Right. Again, brush your teeth. It's good for your health. All of us want, <laughs> Sam and I want you to live long and to be able to like love and, you know, get your heart broken and write us a hundred letters Absolutely. a lifetime. Oral hygiene but is also, connected to heart health. So let's yes, just. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and also, you know what? Those are, there are days that I don't brush my teeth in the morning because I literally, Same. life I happens. Life happens. The other day, Oh my god! <laughs> this is not a tangent. This is a this is a direct statement because I don't want. I'm just so self conscious. I don't want anybody to think that we're like shaming them. Listen, depression's a thing. Life is a thing. You know, n- not enjoying brushing your teeth. I don't know. Um, the other day, I took Temple to daycare really early, and then I like threw myself into some work, and then I made lunch, and then I like picked up Temple from daycare, and I was like all. F- going, 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 going all day. And then Willow got home and, I, and she kissed me and I go, wait, 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 I forgot to brush my teeth today. And it was like four o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I went to dog training with my mom this morning. I did not brush my teeth before I went because I didn't have time. So I brushed when I this, got home. <laughs> it's just such a confessional. Oh, I love it. I love it. Le- losing 30 listeners per minute. Yeah, absolutely. They're like these disgusting We're just like really people. snotty, bloody, bad breath folks. <laughs> <laughs> free yourself people free yourself bodies um, are bodies and we can't we can't do everything all the time to get rid of every smell or whatever from our bodies it is not it is not a reasonable thing to ask of ourselves or our partners honestly yeah but and and you can break it up with, you can break up with those partners if you want <laughs> like, <laughs> like just gonna like waffle the line all right let's just fucking get into the first letter okay let's do it the first letter comes to us from Crushed Little Bug, whose pronouns are she, her, who's writing to us from Bug City. I don't know. I can't think of anything clever. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Bug City is perfect. Hi, Sierra and Sam. I've been a listener since the good old days of 2018, and it has been an absolute joy undertaking the head and heart work with y'all for all those years. I can't thank you enough for sharing your wisdom, perspective, and tough love with us all. I got chills just thinking like 2018, man, that is wild. It's just such a wild ride. It has been. The fact that (laughs) that check-in topic made me laugh so much, and like we shared... (laughs) such funny vulnerable things and that we can still do that we can still like share things and 
Uh-huh. I don't know. It's special. I'm writing in to ask for some of that wisdom, perspective, and or tough love regarding a situation that I honestly didn't see coming. I, she, her have been dating my partner, he, him for almost a year now. We met through a mutual friend and instantly connected and what started as a good true friendship developed into a good true love. I adore this man. This is the first relationship I have had that feels cooperative and mutually healthy. For the first time, I've been able to deeply trust a partner and truly look forward to building a future with them. So, with all of that out of the way, what the hell do I now do with all of my crushes on other people? Sorry for the all caps, I'm just utterly flummoxed. In the past, I've explored crushes on other people as a way to escape the pain of toxic relationships or the monotony of unfulfilling ones. Now that I find myself in a partnership that feels neither toxic nor unfulfilling, <laughs> I realize I have no fucking clue what to do. It's real, right? That is really real. It is absolutely super real. Here, let me dump more context on you. (laughs) I met a guy through work. We talked a bit and realized that we have some niche common interests, which led us to talking more. There are interests... These are interests that my partner currently doesn't share. I know it's unrealistic to think that our partners will always share all of our interests, but it felt great to get excited with someone, and it made me wish that I could share that level of interest and excitement with my partner. At first, the interactions with work guy felt totally innocent, but as time went on, I realized I had a crush. I was talking to my partner and mentioned a conversation I had with work guy. I guess I didn't realize how excited I sounded, but my partner half-jokingly asked, should I be worried about this guy? I honestly didn't know how to respond. I love my partner. You should just be like, no. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. Just kidding. (laughs) The answer to that question is always no, unless it's yes. And then you should definitely say yes. (laughs) (laughs) Woo. Uh, I love my partner and would never knowingly do something that would hurt him. But I know if the tables were turned and I knew that my partner had a crush on someone else, especially someone he interacted with almost every day at, at work, especially if they shared interest with my partner that I didn't, I would feel insecure and hurt and jealous. Now I feel guilty even thinking about work guy, let alone interacting with him. And I feel like I can't bring him up around my partner without triggering insecurity and hurt. TLDR, what do I do with crush feelings now that I'm in a good, true partnership? Can I talk to my partner about this? How? Is it even possible to have crushes in relationships without causing jealousy or hurt? This is approximately a billion questions rolled into one. I'm sorry. Thanks for slogging through this messy swamp of thoughts with me. Sending lots of love and gratitude to you both. Crushed little bug. Oh, my darling. Thank you so much for writing. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) What does it bring to mind you immediately? (laughs) Um, I, I love the, the thing that you said about like, I use my crushes as a way to get out of toxic or unfulfilling relationships. So articulate. And now I don't want to do that, but I don't know how to navigate this new space with like having a crush while also being like, but my relationship is going well. Um, Totally. To which I want to say like, yeah, absolutely. So like you're really practiced in doing this one thing, which is using your crushes as an out of your relationship. And now you have to do something different. So like, yes. of course, you're feeling like, what am I supposed to do about this shit? Because like, this is the first time that you're trying something different, which is to say, yes, I'm not going to let this thing 
be a crutch for me Derail. to mm-hmm. like get out of a relationship or to make this relationship palatable for me or whatever it is you were doing to help sort of navigate that space of being unhappy and also having these really exciting new conversations with people. So um, I think that a lot of people struggle with this, right? Like I think that I struggled with it for sure in my, especially early in my relationship where I was like, I really like this guy and I, I want to be with him. And also like, there are still like new and interesting people that are coming into my life. And what am I supposed to do with these feelings that I have for them? Uh, totally. So like, I wanted to say like, first of all, T.O., you're not a bad person for like having crushes on other people while you're in a relationship with someone who you want to be with, right? Yes. And I think some people would even make the argument that like, this is honestly how humans are supposed to be around each other, right? Like yes. there are folks that would argue that like monogamy isn't actually helpful for people. So like this excitement that we feel for multiple people is like evolutionarily normal and understandable. Um, and recognizing that you and your partner have these boundaries around like what's appropriate and not appropriate, and you're going to stick to those. But I just want to say like, yeah, absolutely. Like crushes don't just like go away <laughs> once you're in a relationship yes. because the person you're with is never going to fulfill every single need. And the person that you're with is not going to ever, or that, and other people out there in the world aren't going to become less interesting because you're in a relationship with someone else. Yes. That's it for me. Cause it's, it's not even about need. It's about the idea that, especially in an assumed monogamous culture or like a um, you know, a toxically monogamous, I think, you know, mm-hmm. culture, we assume that once you get with somebody, all of a sudden you not only get everything from that person, but then you never have any attraction to anyone else ever again. Like, right. And, and if you do, if you, if you get something from someone else that you don't get from your partner, or if you have independence from them in, in other forms, and or if you have a crush on someone else, it makes you like in this letter, like the letter writer's anxiety, like, I didn't know what to say. I'm happy with this person, but I don't know what is I, I don't know what it means in my relationship to have a crush on somebody. Mm-hmm. It all of a sudden makes us think like, oh, well, is my love not good? Is my are my intentions not pure? Is this relationship not as strong as it feels because I have like this wandering eye or like wandering like glowy little feelings, mm-hmm. wandering like butterflies in your stomach yep. or something? Um, but like just because the relationship is good doesn't mean you don't feel engagement and chemistry and interest and desire for somebody else. Like, you know what is uh, morbidly embarrassing to admit? <laughs> Great. This is the episode for that. You know, <laughs> I don't, uh, I... I'm obviously very happy in my marriage. I think my wife is such a babe. We have great chemistry. I have no interest in anything else, but I don't socialize enough to have crushes on people. <laughs> so I have crushes on television characters. I have like little sure. like mental flings with them. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Where like I almost feel self-conscious watching the show with Willow because I like can't like, fully be oh God, I'm in cheating. that crush. I'm, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, it's the same thing of like, is it in this work situation or like, have you ever had like a crush when you were in a relationship and you like didn't like when they were all in the same room because it like yeah was like too freaked you out yeah fucking mm-hmm. brain yeah yep. <laughs> uh, yeah and so that's me me and my television netflix relationships <laughs> <laughs> um yeah. yeah no i think that that is i think that this is all super normal um and 
I think the thing that you can do for yourself in this is attempt to normalize it more for yourself, right? Yeah. To say like, um, cause like when we talk about this all the time, but like suddenly when love becomes forbidden, it like becomes even more alluring. Salacious. <laughs> right? mm-hmm. The second we start telling ourselves like, I shouldn't have feelings for this person. That's when like the feelings like start to like erupt in like really weird ways. So my encouragement for you is to say like, yeah, absolutely. Of course I have a crush on this person. He is really interested in the things that I'm interested in. He's really fun to talk to. He is, uh, I get to see him a lot. So we get to be around each other a lot, which is super fun. Yes, oh my God. Isn't that the difference? (laughs) Absolutely. And I also want you to list all of the reasons why you are continuing to be with your partner, right? Like he's also super fun. We don't share this interest, but we like to talk about movies in this way. Or he really takes care of me when this happens. And I'm really happy with him because guess what? All of those things are true at the same time. Right. right? And the, the reality of all of those things doesn't negate the reality of the other thing. Right. So you can sort of, I guess, practice this like radical acceptance of what's going on here, which yeah. is that like, there are two wonderful people in your life and you are committed to only having romantic stuff with one of them, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you are a hundred percent fulfilled by that relationship, right? You are, right. or that there aren't people who are going to offer you stuff that that relationship doesn't. And you can be right. a conscientious person in pursuing friendship with people that you have a crush on, right? Like I you, totally are, agree. you are capable of it. You are like, Sometimes we we so undermine ourselves by telling ourselves stories about what we are and are not capable of. But like you totally. are absolutely like you are a person who has autonomy over yourself, right? Like you have the ability to be in a situation where you have a crush on somebody and not act on it. You also have the ability to be in a situation with somebody and say like, oop, this is getting a little too close to me doing something that I don't want to do. I'm going to take a step back from this, right? Like I trust you and your, your capacity to be able to manage all of these emotions and all of these feelings that you're having, because you are a deeply rich, deeply complex individual who is capable of all of doing all of these things, who is capable of, of, of accepting what is real and then deciding what to do with all of that reality in front of them. I totally agree. And it's, you know, like we said, crushes don't necessarily go away. Crushes feel the same. They're activating they the do. same pleasure centers, you know? Literally, like, how, but how can endorphins <laughs> yes, going off exactly. in your head? <laughs> yeah, endorphins, because it feels fun to have a crush, you Absolutely. know? It feels fun to, like, explore it or to daydream or, or to flirt. Um, but how can you change your relationship to those sensations? How yep. can you break it down to, to recognize, like, well, is this physical desire? Do I just think this person's hot? That's mm-hmm. not enough. That's not a crush. That's that's chemistry, you know? Yep. Or is it this shared interest? Does it feel so good to like talk about it with them? That's companionship. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's two out of three. Maybe it's maybe it's all of these things. And also that person is not available to you today because you're choosing to be in this relationship. So can you like, can you shift it a little to give yourself a better perspective on it that doesn't make it feel so like you're bogged down in it. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't necessarily, I'm interested to hear what you'll say, but I wouldn't necessarily tell 
my partner about this. No. That was like one of the last <laughs> questions. I wouldn't, and here's why I wouldn't ask my partner to shoulder this with me mm-hmm. because this is, that could really open. Before I say this, you know, who, there are certain circumstances where like, it is important to invite people into your process to let them take care of you, to let them help you process through things, to feel, to make you feel less alone, to like normalize sensations, yada, yada, yada. So I'm, this is not a blanket statement, right. but I would say it could open a lot of can of worms of insecurities about you and this guy and you and other people. And, you know, basically I think this is, this is, small enough not not small enough in a diminutive way but like you know i think that you can process through this yourself and not ask your partner to shoulder and process through it all uh, on their own because they they'll never know what it feels like to be in your body and by that i mean like i know even though i have been unfaithful in past relationships i know in my body i will never cheat on my wife don't get me wrong. We don't have trust issues whatsoever, but like I could never make her feel that surety, that confidence in my body. Like I can't, and I don't want to, you know, if, if for some reason you told your partner about this and they got really insecure, like you, you can't be around, you can't bring them around all the time. You can't, I don't know. I'm Mm -hmm. getting a little off track here, but does that, that all make sense? Like, yeah, no, absolutely. No, I, I think I can see, um, I feel like I'm anticipating like listener reaction to some of this too, which is like, don't keep secrets. Um, that's yeah. dangerous, which I, I I do sort of agree with, right? Like this question of like, why are you not telling your partner? And is it because like, this is something that you're managing on your own? Or is this something that you're like trying to keep from them, right? Like a secret that you're trying to like not tell them because you want to be able to do something that that like isn't appropriate in the relationship. Right. And so right. I I also think that like telling this person about your like crush on this person maybe isn't super helpful, but I don't want you to not talk about this person in yes, your relationship. That's it right there. Mm-hmm, right. Like mm-hmm. I want you to be don't like censor the friendship. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. I want you to be like, uh, yeah, absolutely. So, you know, we talked about this at work today. We had like a great time, had a great conversation. And when your partner says like, is this something I should be worried about? I want you to answer that question honestly, which it sounds like, no, he shouldn't because you are doing the work to intentionally separate this like chemical reaction that's happening in, you're happening yep. in your brain from what you know to be true, which is that you want to be with your partner. Um, yeah. But I don't think... I don't think that you need to tell him about every time that you have a crush, right? Like, I think, I think, but I do think that you should be really honest about the fact that you're continuing to engage in conversation and have this person in your life because there's nothing to be ashamed about, about having a new friend who shares your interests, right? (laughs) Right? Like, right, exactly. And, and what we're trying to do is withdraw the shame from this because shame makes us do weird things. (laughs) And if we can get into a point where like, there's nothing shameful about having a friend who shares my interests, there's nothing shameful about like, being really excited about having a new relationship with this person who's good to talk to, 
then it doesn't become like now we have to be furtive and secretive and there's something deeply wrong with me. And so I have to get my needs met in, in dumb ways. <laughs> right, <laughs> right, right, like, right, right. And right. instead it's like, no, my needs are being met by these two people who are in my life and who are not incompatible with each other, but are instead like multiple things that help me get fulfillment from the life I'm living. Um, Absolutely. Which again, is like easier said than done, but it it is something that that I think that you are capable of working towards. And I don't think that this is going to jeopardize your relationship in any way. Absolutely. I totally agree. Thanks for articulating that. All right. Our little crush bug. We hope that this helps. Thank you so much for writing. We love you. We, we love you. All right. Y'all know that Sam and I record every single episode of Just Break Up virtually. So I literally see this beautiful person on Zoom like multiple times a week. And every time Sam pops up into Zoom, I comment on their outfit. And I swear, like 99% of the time, I'm like, oh, my God, that outfit is so cute. Where did you get it? Sam says quince. You too can upgrade your wardrobe with luxury essentials at unbeatable prices. Quince is here to transform the way you shop with a range of high quality items priced within reach. That's right. They have 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for $50, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and timeless 14 karat gold jewelry. And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middle person and passes that saving on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. Y'all have heard me talk about my leather bag that I use as both a laptop bag and a diaper bag. And I love it because (laughs) (laughs) honestly, it looks really cute in every single circumstance that I use it. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash just break up for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E.com slash just break up to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash just break up. All right, head and heart workers, you know, I'm all about tackling our money shame and becoming fiscally empowered, regardless of how much money we make or how much debt we have. I think it's such a crucial step in our own self-acceptance and empowerment. That's why I love that today's episode is sponsored by Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. With Rocket Money, you can see all of your subscriptions in one place. And if you see something you don't want, you can just cancel it with a tap. You never have to get on the phone with customer service. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple of months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled unwanted subscriptions. And listen, we always talk to you about like conflict styles and open and honest communications, but honestly, save your energy and get Rocket Money to cancel those subscriptions for you. <laughs> Stop wasting yeah. you money. You don't need to practice that. Yeah. <laughs> we don't need to do head and heart work with like customer service representatives. You know what I mean? Like just like... 
Use the middle person. <laughs> Just get Rocket Money in there to help you do what you need to do. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. That's rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. Rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. All right. Our next letter comes from Daniel Carello, whose pronouns are he, him, and who is writing from Seattle, Washington. Dear Sam and Sierra, thank you so much for everything you do. JBU is so nutritious, healing, and helpful to me and raises my spirits every time I listen. I'm a 23-year-old cis gay man, and this question is about my ex, who is a 24-year-old cis gay man. We were in a monogamous relationship for a year and a half, and we were each other's first loves. Due to some rare similarities, us both being Jewish, wanting kids, same sense of humor, and from the same county, it became easy for us to see the relationship being long-lasting and us, quote, settling down together. We both got along great with each other's families as well. About a year and a half in, I found out that my boyfriend had been dishonest with me for almost a year. This involved Mm. going to meet exes without telling me, hanging out with friends who he still had feelings for, and lying about it straight to my face, and sexual cheating through Grindr and Lord knows what else. I'm lucky because at the time I found out I was graduating college and starting a new job in a different state, which has been going outstanding so far. Congratulations. I'm glad to hear that. Now, my ex wants to be in contact. He won't call it friends because it's more than that, and he enjoys the moments where he can hear about my life and tell me about his and just forget about how badly he messed things up. He tells me he is still in love with me and that if we get back together, he wants to have a speech at our wedding about the unconventional love story we have, which I guess he's uh, in a way proud to share. He started therapy during our relationship, and since the breakup, he's been doing substantial work on his honesty issues. I believe people can change, and I fantasize about a time where he's grown and worked on himself and can assure me of why he did what he did and why I can trust that it won't happen again. I was deeply in love with him, and I want to love him again. When we were together, he was the answer to my most humble prayers. I'm not sure if I want to be in contact with him or forget him and move on. Because we are such a rare match, I would rather not lose him if there's a way not to. At the same time, part of me feels that he's a pig and I need to forget him. (laughs) I'm also trying to establish myself in a new city and want to be open to new relationships so that if I ever went back to my ex, I would at least have some outside experience. I imagine that a lot of this is just a matter of deciding what I want to do, but some guidance or advice on figuring out healthy ways to find my next steps, as well as how to either maintain cordial feelings with my ex while not feeling blocked on new opportunities, or being able to pursue new opportunities without feeling like I'm missing out on my ex. One last question. My relationship taught me that finding someone Jewish and having kids are the things that I want and that are important to me. At 23, should I refuse to date anyone who doesn't meet these criteria for fear of missing out on someone who does? All right. Thank you so much for writing, Daniel, uh, and for trusting us with this letter and for listening. Um, Yeah. So this is a great question. And I'm sorry you're in this position like it's I think it's very particularly tricky when exes come back into our lives and we're not really sure 
at what level of engagement or proximity feels like safe to us because we've got a lot of conflicting information coming at us, right? Mm -hmm. We have our history with them, the good history. We have the bad history. We have what they say. We have what they do, which can sometimes be opposing, you know? And then we have our own hearts about like, you know, we have nostalgia, we have desire, we have... Um, our work interests, you know, there's lots of things coming at us all at once. So this can definitely be a very tricky situation. So I just want to like start with the most basic question. And I, and I don't want you to think about it really hard because like I'm reading some underlying intuition in, in this letter that I'm not sure you're letting yourself fully empower yet mm. or, you know, like empower song or like fully, you know, <laughs> I'm gesturing with my hands. You can't see me unless you're watching on YouTube, but like fully inhabit. There we go. An intuition that you're not letting yourself fully inhabit, sure. which is my question is, do you want to get back <laughs> together with this person? Cause I'm not convinced you do. And I, and I see you, I see you doing a lot of work telling me the story of how good the love was and why it was really important to you. And, and also I see yourself, I see you like being like, well, these things were important to me. The fact that he was Jewish and he wanted kids and, and that feels like that makes it extra special, mm. you know, like something I'm not going to find again, mm-hmm. but I don't see a lot of desire to actually be with this person again because of the behavior um, and the mistrust that you saw inhabit your actual relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, like it sounds like he he deeply hurt you and that you don't have a lot of trust for him, understandably, given the things that he did. Um, And also that like, it doesn't sound like he is interested in doing anything to rebuild that trust with you, right? Like it sounds like the way that he wants to be in your life is to reminisce about the, um, the times that you had together. And then also like prove to himself that he's not a terrible person because he can convince you to still like him, even though he, was a dick to you. Um, and I yeah. think that I'm like deeply triggered by this letter because like, like I, I, I recognize the vibe of this type of, I still want to be in your life and have been the victim of this type of, I still want to be in your life vibe. <laughs> of this vibe. Yeah, absolutely. Victim of this vibe. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, and to me, it reads as like super controlling, right? Like this idea of like, um, I'm not going to participate in the actual like romantic relationship on your terms, I'm going to do shitty things in that relationship. And then basically I'm going to gaslight you into continuing to be my friend by being really nice to you and telling everyone, telling you about how we're going to get married despite all these hiccups and saying that like, I don't want to go through the effort of actually mending or repairing any of the harm that I've caused. I just want to charm you into being in a relationship with me again, right? Like there's no accountability there. It's all just like, yeah, but see, we we like to hang out with each other. And it's like, yeah, absolutely. That was never in contention. That was never like, of course we like to hang out with yeah. each other. That's why we dated for however long. The issue is that you're a dick who cheated on me and that hasn't been addressed, yeah. right? Like you're trying to sweep that under the rug yeah. and keep me in your life. And right, like he's also in the space where he gets to keep you in his life, but he doesn't have to, change any of the behavior that he's doing, right? Like, 
Yeah. You, get, you get to be in his life and he gets to have all these great conversations with you and like come visit you and have sex with you, which I think is probably what's going to happen if you don't cut this off. And <laughs> and I have a crystal ball, which is my past. Yeah, right. And he still gets to do all the stuff that he wants to do. He still gets to be on Grinder. He still gets to have all of these other relationships with other people, right? Like he's getting exactly what he wants out of this relationship and you are yeah. not. You are not getting a single thing that you want except for like having this toxic person suck the soul out of you slowly over text message. <laughs> Sam is triggered, y'all. <laughs> Appropriately so. And I, and I want to say like, you know, we don't know the dynamic we don't know how much this person has changed. We don't know what Sam's like. There's no accountability here, which is, on paper, I don't see any, but we don't see their like day-to-day life. We don't hear the conversations you're a part of. But even if, going back to the intuition, even if there was accountability, even if the ex in our lives that crushed us the most, that did the most abhorrent things to us, they go to... You know, they go to therapy, they go to every self-help retreat ever, they change their entire personality, they write you ballads upon ballads about all the ways they've done you wrong and how they're different now and their behavior is different. Even if they are different, do you want to be with them? Mm. Do you want to be with this person? Mm-hmm. Does that e- does aqu- does accountability equal compatibility after heartbreak? For sure. I'm not convinced it does. Me neither. You know, I'm just not. And I think that our hearts trick us thinking, trick us into thinking it does because at the end of the day, we just think we we want so badly for things to work out and for for our hurt to be worth something. Yep. He's already prophesizing it in this imaginary wedding scenario where he's like, I want to tell this speech about how all this struggle that I put you through <laughs> exactly. was worth it yep. in the end, right? And just like a little side note, I was like, are we going to talk about yeah. like, anyone, <laughs> anyone who talks about an imaginary wedding, red flag, red flag. immediately. It's, you, it's like honestly a red about? flag. <laughs> what are you thinking about? I know, <laughs> who you're, right I know who you're talking about. Are you talking about the person who was like yeah. on your, no, no, I don't know what you're talking oh. about. <laughs> like you just need to be explicit. No, I was thinking about your person to communicate. who you, who you <laughs> dated before Willow who also did horrible shit to you and then would talk about your wedding. (laughs) No, no. Okay. I'm talking about, this is why I needed to clarify. (laughs) Sam and I were trying to do the things where we communicate with our eyes. And and then I was like, I'm not on board, bro. Like, I don't know what you're saying. Because what I'm talking about is my unrequited love crush that I, my friend that I was in love with for years told me once that I'm going to get married and on the altar, I'm going to turn around and look for him in the audience. (laughs) Which is like a fucked up form of what I'm talking about right now. <laughs> but like. <laughs> I am aghast. <laughs> I, I know. And I was like, oh my God, so romantic. <laughs> and the, the, the 25 so. year old me was, or 24 or whatever was just like, you're right. I'm going to be obsessed with you oh and God. your mediocre dick forever. <laughs> <laughs> so self-important. Oh my God. I'm just like. Don't matter that Video much, buddy. dick in that we were not sexually compatible. Nothing to do with his penis. He had a fine penis. Sure. <laughs> not shaming his penis at all. It was fine. It was actually like, it should have been better. Do you know what I mean? Like we, like we uh, just, we like could not vibe. Like-, like we could not ever have good sex. Like we just were, we were just tangled. I get it. I get it. He was, he was really something. Um, but moral of the story, if somebody's talking about weddings. 
It's like never a good sign. It's honestly never. I'm like also thinking no, of if like somebody's talking multiple different. If they're instances using the fantasy of, of your yeah. future wedding as a way to absolve themselves or to like say this is you know, I don't know. Yeah, like, it is a red flag for me to be it's honest. It's like yeah, it's everything's okay now because it, in the end we'll get married, right? And it's like no, but everything yeah. right now is not okay. Okay. <laughs> so like now that I'm thinking about it, that that unrequited love crush friend person that I was talking about before, he would always say, uh, like, well, you know, we're going to get married one day or like um, we used we used this fantasy of this far off forever world, whether it was like marriage or not, or, you know, like that we're meant to be together as justification right. for why the present was inadequate, was incompatible, mm-hmm. was not desirable, yep. you know. Yep. And is that what's happening here? I don't know, but Seems I think like so. It. Yeah. <laughs> Both of us are obviously really triggered by this letter. Uh, yeah. I'm not even triggered. I just like, honestly, this person, you know, Daniel, I don't think you want to be with this no. person. Plus, like, I don't mean this in an ageist way, but you're 23. Like, you, uh, one of the things I wanted to talk about is like the scarcity mindset versus the abundance mindset, which is not the same thing as like toxic positivity, where I say, you're definitely going to find the one. Don't worry. It's going to be totally easy. There's a million fish in the sea. Blah, 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 blah. Well, the fish is, the sea is also filled with trash. <laughs> um, but I can't take credit for the joke. That's like from the internet. <laughs> for sure. Um, but I, I do want to point out that, you know, at 23, I, oh my God, I dated my, nope, I was 21. Um, at 23, I was with, I was like in love with that friend person, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and I went through an, it, you know, a plethora, let's say, of relationships between that moment in my life and, and the relationship that I'm in now, the the one that I, I'm so glad that I found the one that I was working towards that whole time. And that's not going to be your path because we're not the same person, but I don't want you to, let's use that cursed word, settle. Mm-hmm. I don't want you to settle for this person because they say they've changed and because they're Jewish and because they want kids. Yep. I, I don't want you to think the fact like, I'm not, I don't want to discredit your experience of having a hard time finding other gay men who are both Jewish and want kids. Like that's an experience that I can't relate to. Mm -hmm. Um, So I, if you're having, if you are seeing scarcity in the world, then I want to validate that experience. And also I want to say, I don't, I, I still believe that you can find someone out there that fits these criterias that um, will really will really surprise you with how easy they are to love, mm-hmm. how how lovable you feel with them, yep. um, how safe you feel with them, how easy it is to trust them, right? Yep. I just really believe that for you. And I think that there's this combination of this nostalgia, this idea that we want it to work, this idea that you, you loved this ex once, that they were a dream of yours. Um, and the fact that he's Jewish, he has kids, or he wants kids, and he's and he said he's sorry. That's making you think. Well, should I, should I not move on fully? Should I leave a space for him in my heart? And I'm saying, like, I don't know. You have there's so much there's so much world out there for you to explore. And who knows? These criteria of yours, they might change. You might meet somebody who's 
not Jewish and who doesn't want children and they're perfect for you. <laughs> not yeah. to invalidate those things that are important to you. I actually love that you've that you've identified them as because I think it's going to make your experience in the dating world feel a little bit more empowering or like um or like uh, centered on this foundation, right? Mm -hmm. Of what you want. To be honest, like my marriage, I feel like our relationship started off so strong because we brought some found core foundational ideas to the table Absolutely. in a way that I didn't in earlier relationships. Yep. Um, but you know, you have no, you have no idea. You have no idea what's out there for you. You don't necessarily have to look backwards to find it. For sure, absolutely. And you, you say in your letter, right? When we were together, he was the uh, the answer to my most humble prayers. And I want to to reframe that. He was not the answer to your prayers, right? Mm -mm, he, mm -mm. he met a couple of the criteria that you were looking for in a partner. And he was also lying to you and cheating on you, right? And those two things are not separate. They are, they are the same. They are in the same person. Um, and so this man was not a humble, an answer to your most humble prayers, right? He was just a person who has some compatibility with you and a lot of not compatibility with you. And so I right. want to take him off of this pedestal as being like the one person who could fulfill those every wishes because he was not that person, right? It's not even that like he wasn't right. capable or whatever. He was not that person that. because he right. didn't actually meet a whole bunch of other criteria that you have, which is that this yeah, person doesn't it. lie to you and doesn't cheat, cheat on you. So right. he's not it, right? And like Sierra said, there is love out there that will make you work less hard for this. And I and I don't mean to say that like you're guaranteed it or you're entitled to it, but I want you to know that that it is absolutely probable and possible that there is somebody out there who's going to be able to love you and who may not have all of the same um, exact criteria that you're looking for or may not have all of the same compatibilities that 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 are important to you and that are gonna make it worth it to do some compromising, right? Are gonna make it worth it to find ways to navigate those incompatibilities together. Right. This man is not is not worth it. Like that is all I'll say to it. I don't live in your body, so I don't know. And I don't. I have not been in a relationship, <laughs> so like it's up to you. But I don't think he is based on what you've told me. Like if we were at brunch, I would be like, mm-mm, no, 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 no. Do not go back to him. I would like throw my mimosa in your face if you told me that you wanted to start dating him again. I would never do that. That sounds really mean, but I wanted to be dramatic about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so this is all to say, uh, lean into that little intuition, you know, give yourself an opportunity to experiencing, to experience something other than this person before you decide this is all that's out there for you. Mm. Honestly, this is Sam and I just making a grand, you know, Man, the pendulum swing on this podcast. <laughs> it starts out with us being like, dump them. Then it goes to, well, I mean, like, I'm talking like since 2018. Oh, from yeah, the, for sure. From not even in this episode. In the very beginning of Just Break Up, we were like, dump them, block them, toxic. Everybody's toxic. You deserve boundaries. No, this man, and then we, this the man pendulum swung the other way. And we were like, and we were like, you know, uh, everybody is on their own journey. We got to like, everybody has their own point of view. La, 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 la. And then now we're like back to dump this person. <laughs> we're or like just finding a more, a more healthy balance between that. This, this one feels more op opinion ridden to me. Oh, like my sure. opinion is, no, I don't think this person's for you. No, I don't think so either. Um, because I think you deserve better. Like as your two friends were like, you deserve better. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. 
and the wisdom and so of, of being in toxic relationships and, and being able <laughs> yeah. to better identify them. <laughs> the, let's call it wisdom. Yeah. Let's call that wisdom. <laughs> Give us a little. Okay. Um, all right, my darling Daniel, thank you so much for writing. We hope this helps. Absolutely. We love you. All right, y'all, this is the final letter, and it comes to us from Jenna, whose pronouns are she, her, who is writing to us from Virginia. Hey, hi, hello. A friend of mine introduced me to your podcast, and I instantly fell in love. The in-depth discussions you have, the careful way you choose your words, it resonates so well. My question is centered around a longtime disagreement amongst my friends about whether or not a relationship I had back in college counted as a, quote, real relationship. I've always had a rather sheltered life. For me, I'd go from class to class and then go straight home. I didn't have friends to come over. I didn't have study groups. I didn't go out to parties or get-togethers or hang out with people. Additionally, I grew up in a very traditional household in which praise was considered inauspicious, casting an evil eye on the child, et cetera, et cetera. And as a result, I wasn't acknowledged, praised, or really seen as a child. I didn't even come out to my mom as trans until about two years after graduating college. College and presenting mail my entire life. In my second semester in college, due to a scheduling conflict, I ended up with a long break during classes and I would spend this break at the library. Eventually, someone approached me. She said that she had been seeing me coming into the library for a few weeks. She thought I was rather cute and that she wanted to go on a coffee date with me. I never used to drink coffee very much. I was always an energy drink fan. So she pulled two cans of my favorite energy drink from her bag and asked if I wanted to go on an energy drink date with her. I immediately jumped at the chance. I was getting noticed. Apparently, I had been getting noticed for a while. And it was with such detail that she bothered to grab the same brand I drank. For a sheltered person like myself, I was in bliss. So we went on a date. And one turned into two, two turned into three, turned into four, and eventually she asked me out and we began dating. Again, as someone presenting masculine everywhere, living the sheltered life I did, having her ask me out was a major was major for me. It was my first ever relationship. There were other things she did as well that she did that I fawned over. I'm a gamer and she isn't, but she never made me feel like I was just talking to thin air. She'd pay attention and do her best to keep up and ask questions. Eventually, after about three years... I stopped hearing from her. I was blocked on all social media, the phone line, and when I reached out to her sorority sisters for help, I either got blocked by them as well or got an LOL before being blocked as well. Since it was winter break, I summed it up to her being busy with break and didn't want to seem like the overly possessive partner, so about after two weeks, I simply let it go. I saw her again next semester. We didn't agree to meet, and it was entirely a a meeting of pure happenstance. We just happened to be getting snacks in the same on-campus convenience store. I said hi to her and got back a very nonchalant, oh, hey, what's up? So I asked her what happened, if if she was all right, if her number had changed or if someone had hacked her account or something, and she said nothing had happened. I asked if it was something I did or said or perhaps something I hadn't done or said. She explained that it wasn't anything at all. She explained that she had been running a long time dare with her sorority sisters, that three years ago she had been hanging out with her sorority sisters and that they dared her that she wouldn't be able to lead on any random person they picked for longer than a month. 
She turned it around on them and said that she would do so, but for every additional week, they'd have to each owe her $5. The last thing she ever said to me was, you're the easiest paycheck I ever had. (sighs) I approached a lot of friends about this, and while they all agreed her actions were sick, they weren't able to agree on whether or not that counted as an actual relationship. Some said that since I had the emotional connection and that I considered it a relationship, that is what made it so. Others said that since she wasn't actually emotionally involved with me, that she was only, only using me, it wasn't a real relationship to begin with, and that I still technically hadn't been in a relationship. I've somewhat healed from the trauma of that, but I'm still just as confused as the day she called me a paycheck as to whether or not I would even count this as a relationship. Thank you so much for your insight. Okay, my darling Jenna, I love you. And I want to tell you that I am flabbergasted and appalled by this person's behavior. I said at the beginning of this episode, I've never been more shocked. And I just want to make something. I've never been, I said at the beginning of this letter that I've never been more shocked by a by a JBU letter. And I want to make something very explicitly clear. I am not shocked by you. I'm not shocked by the fact that this happened to you. I am not appalled um, in any way whatsoever directed at you. And I'm going to do everything in my power in this letter to make sure you feel uplifted and affirmed and um, loved and all of that. um, Because this person's actions have nothing to do with you. Um, I am appalled at this person. Honestly, I would pay a a large amount of money to get them to fucking right into the show. Like (laughs) if you, if, if you by chance sorority sis, sis, let me tell you, if you by chance are listening to this podcast or one of your sisters are listening to this podcast, or you know what sorority this is, I want you to fucking DM me. I want you to write into this show and I would love the opportunity to humble you. And I don't, (laughs) I, I cannot tell you how disgusting I think this behavior is. And I just want to make sure that while I'm talking about how disappointed in this behavior that I am, that you, Jenna, are not internalizing any of my anger or disgust as like part of the equation as to why this happened to you. Do you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Um, Because uh, this had nothing to do with you. This had everything to do with those people's um, cruelty and insecurity and um, entitlement and privilege. Mm-hmm. And I am, I'm just l- so appalled. Literally. I'm so appalled. Yes. Um, and I'm sorry. Oh my God. I'm so sorry. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I don't, and this is not a pity. Sorry. Right. This is not like a, Oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, oh. Um, I'm just saying like, damn, I am so sorry. Like human to human, heart to heart, person to person. I am so angry for you. I'm so angry for you because I think you're fantastic and I think you're beautiful and lovable and interesting. And your story, your experience, your life, your even your childhood, you know, what happened to you to make you who you are today? um, I'm interested in that. I think that's important Mm -hmm. and it's valuable. And this person 
came into your life and took advantage of of your value, took advantage of your um, heart, right? We all have a heart that can be taken advantage of. And this person did it in a particular level of disgusting. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Maybe I could, I should tap out for a second because I feel like it's, it's coming up. (laughs) Well, the, the, I don't, I don't know. I just don't know. I don't want to just yell it about this person, but I just like, I guess I, I know the Just Breakup community will be with me with this dis- this disappointment. Let me be a mom right now and say, like, I'm disappointed in you, sorority sis. Yeah. I think that this is um, really sad. You're sad. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I um, agree with all of that. And I, and I also just want to agree with Sierra about you as a person and want to just say that... Um, this situation, there was nothing that you did wrong in it, right? Like you weren't sort of inviting this behavior and you didn't deserve to have any of this done to you. Um, This is about the wound that this person and the people that encourage this person to inflict this harm have that is unhealed in them and that they are using as a way to hurt other people. Um, But you are beautiful and wonderful and did nothing to deserve this type of behavior. Um, and I want to say to you that, that you have the right in the situation to take what happened to you and to define it in whatever way feels right for you and your healing in this, right? Um, there is no, there is no objective truth to whether a relationship was a relationship or not, right? Like other people don't get to decide what our emotional connection to the, the relationships we've had with people are. So if it is helpful for you to define it as a relationship, to make sense of it, to, to, to sort of sit in the reality of how much emotional work you put into it, then absolutely call it a relationship. If it's helpful for you to not call it a relationship because you want mm, to distance yourself point. from the reality of this person lying to you, then you don't need to call it a relationship at all, right? I don't, I don't really care what your friends say in this instance. They didn't live this. Sierra mm-hmm. and I didn't live this mm-hmm. either. I want, Mm-mm. I'm interested in how you understand it for yourself and how you're sort of holding it in your body and in your heart, because that's at the end of the day, like, that's what I'm most interested in. This situation is really painful and it's really, like Sierra said, super disappointing. Um, and what I'm interested in is how are you understanding it? How are you moving through it? And how can we be helpful to you in finding a way to, find healing from the shittiness of this situation. Um, Mm -hmm. Because I I know that like the story itself feels like salacious and like kind of like a romantic comedy or some sort of like a teen sort of drama, like it would happen on an episode of like Degrassi or something. Literally, yes. Yep, on board with you. And I don't want that to take away from how this impacted you as a real life human who lived through it. Right. Like I don't and I don't want you to feel like you have to sort of cast it as like a funny or interesting story if it didn't feel that way to you. Right. Yeah. And if it felt super real. So I what I am sort of struck by in this letter is that there aren't any questions about how to heal from this in it. Right. Like you sort of say, I, I have somewhat healed from this, but my real question is whether or not this is a relationship. And I totally understand that. And I'm attempting to answer that question right now. And I also do really want to talk about 
how are you healing from this relationship? How is it, how is it in your body and in your heart? And what are some of the things that you can do and that the people in your life can do to help you recover from what is a horrible thing that somebody did to you? A very deeply painful thing, just like fucking mean that somebody did to you. Bro, $5 is not even that much fucking money. Know, like, right? is that what your soul costs you? You <laughs> sick, sick, sad little person. We've gone. I'm sorry. I'm done. I'm going back to Jenna. You tapped. I just, all right. <laughs> Jenna, I, I totally agree with what Sam said. And I want to, I want to echo a sentiment a little bit more and say, don't, I have no idea what your healing journey has been or how you carry this now because we're not in your body, but I want to encourage you to not lessen yourself, mm. not, you know, lessening yourself saying, well, I didn't know better or I've never had a relationship, so I didn't know what to expect. Or if I downplay this experience, it's not going to make it, necess- it's not going to save you from hurt now or in the future or in the past that doesn't make it more palatable to the world you don't need to make someone else's disgusting behavior more palatable to us right you don't need to make your pain smaller to us right your pain is safe here um you're lived in and maybe and maybe you're Maybe you're not hurting from this, right? Like maybe we're just we're just taking this shocking, disgusting behavior from someone else and imposing our own emotions on sure. it. So take this or leave this how you see fit. But I want to encourage you to not lessen your experience because it sounds like you did a lot to accommodate th- this relationship. And even in the end, you assumed best intentions, said, I guess they're just busy, right? Mm-hmm. As though you don't deserve a partner who responds to you, mm-hmm. right? Absolutely. And you absolutely deserve friendships and partnerships and parents and family members and community members who affirm who you are, Mm -hmm. who celebrate who you are, who praise you. And I just want to, I want to repivot on one thing too. You said, you know, with my upbringing and my lack of relationships, this attention, you know, made you feel like you were in bliss. Like, this is not you. This is it's a very normal thing for any lived experience to have someone show you attention, do such a thoughtful, detailed thing that, you you know, we didn't know it was manipulative. You didn't know it was manipulative. Like I would swoon for that too. Mm -hmm. When I was reading this letter before I got to the second half, I thought, Oh, that's really thoughtful. That's so cute. Mm -hmm. Like there's nothing wrong with you. You know, it's not your sheltered upbringing that made you fall for this person's maliciousness. It's their ability to hide their maliciousness, which makes it that much more disgusting, right? It's not on you. It's like what we've said in the past, trust didn't hurt you. Trust didn't hurt you. An untrustworthy person did. Love didn't hurt you. A person who is hurting and loveless. I'm sorry. I'm going to, I don't know this person. And they, I'm honestly, whether they listen to this podcast or not, I guarantee you, they feel bad right now in their soul somewhere. Yeah, sure. I I mean, Mm -hmm. I hope so. Like some part of their soul is like the back part of your fridge where there's that spinach (laughs) that you always buy, but you never actually eat until it gets so rotten that you got to throw it out. Um, but I just want to remind you that again, love, trust, your your naivete, your life, lack of experience, none of that, your childhood, none of that hurt you in this instant. You did 
things right, right? And this is what I want to say that you did right. You put yourself out there. You allowed yourself to be engaged with. You allowed yourself to, to be um, date, like t- taken on dates, to be um, supported, to be listened to. That's so good. You allowed someone to listen to you. You didn't know that they were like a backstabbing fucking whatever. Um <laughs> And you, like I said, you accepted love, you accepted partnership, you accepted um, this person's for who they were on their terms, and you assumed best intentions. Mm. You did all these beautiful things that to the right person who's stable and kind Mm -hmm. and full of love, will it's going to feel so good. Absolutely. So again, it's not, I don't. You did things right here. You did beautiful things here. Mm. And this person took advantage of that beauty. Absolutely. Took advantage of 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 your goodness, right? Yep. And I I want to just say that um I want to just say that you are deserving of being noticed. You are deserving of being listened to. You are deserving of being someone's partner. You are deserving mm-hmm. of having someone want to be in relationship with you. And like Sierra said, just because someone exploited that doesn't mean that, that, that you're not deserving of any of those things. And my sincerest hope for you, my love, Jenna, is that you find someone or some ones who are capable of seeing the beautiful, wonderful person and able to offer you those things that you so deeply deserve because you are somebody who... Uh, Sierra and I <laughs> love deeply. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm so proud of you for coming into your own understanding of yourself, despite the fact yes. that your parents told you lots of lies about your own worth and your own uh, deserving of of praise and of love and of attention. And the fact that you are finding your way through that uh, is really meaningful to me. So yes. I'm so proud of you for doing that. And and I know that you are so deeply capable of finding someone or someones who are going to be able to offer you what this cruel person only play acted as. And my hope for you is that that feeling of being deeply loved and deeply seen makes this shit pale in comparison to the reality of actually really living it and feeling it. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And honestly, I I don't know if I have much to add to that um, beyond the magic that Sam just said. Um, I want you to hear our praise as real. Like Mm -hmm. you might, you know, the little, the voice in the side of, inside our heads might tell you that like, we don't know you that, you know, we don't really love you, but like, I'm telling you, we love you. We're so proud of this work. We can't believe that you have, you know, all of us, every single person listening to the show right now, we we got up today and we went through it and we got through it and we're carrying things and we're dealing with shit and we're trying to figure out what it means to be ourselves from day to day, right? And we're trying to heal from our childhood wounds. We're trying to heal from our breakup wounds. We're trying to heal from our friendship wounds. We're trying to heal from our identity wounds that were given to us unasked for, non-consensually, you know? And all of all of this work we're, we're all doing, and, and Sam and I are deeply, deeply proud of all of you. Mm-hmm. 
And we love and and honor and see all of you, except for that one sorority <laughs> sis right now, just today. I will extend you compassion in about 30 to 45 business days. Perfect. I just like need some time from you, yep. sorority sister. I need some space from you so that I can see you as a fully as a full whole human, um, I just need to block, block, block you for, like <laughs> for in my a heart bit, for yeah. a couple of days. <laughs> um, but I want to say um, we're this praise is real. This love is real, um, Jenna. I I hope that you feel that. And I just also want to um, really quickly say that. Um, answering your your initial question of this whole letter, was this a relationship or not? And our my friends are debating this. I think maybe I would encourage you to turn to your friends next time this comes up or or bring it up because you are worth talking about. You're worth taking up space and you're worth being listened to. Say, you know what? It doesn't really matter the semantics of what this relationship was to me. It was it, this is what it meant to me X Y and Z. This is what I was trying to do, and I and and. And this is what I want to make space for, not their labeling of it either way. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Um, And one last thing really quickly. I want to, I've seen this play out in the last couple months where I have invited folks to hang out on the Just Break Up Facebook page, the private Facebook page. And it has been really wholesome and rewarding. And if you want to practice, practice Accept, you know, putting yourself out there and accepting praise or, or, or sharing your story or anything like that. I encourage you to check out the Facebook page um, because there's a, there's a whole community of people who will, would be so happy to help you explore that new vulnerable world of, of, of valuing yourself, Mm -hmm. (laughs) of taking up space. Right. Um, I think that you're worth it. Absolutely. I know that you're worth it. A hundred percent. All right, Jenna, my love. Thank you so, so much for writing into us. Um, I hope that you can feel the love that Sierra and I have for you across the the audio waves. Um, and I just hope that you are finding ways to navigate through this thing that happened to you um, and that you are finding ways to continue to to dig into what makes you you and to be proud and to love all of those things because we are really proud and we love all of those things in you. Yeah. All right, my darling, we hope this helps. Thank you so much for writing. We love you. All right, this brings us to the blind date segment of the episode. Every show, we like to shout out something that we love that we want to set you up with. And this week, we are sending you home with... A book called Savage Appetites for True Stories of Women, Crime, and Obsession by Rachel Monroe. Um, I loved this book. Um, I listened to the audiobook, which was very well read. Um, the I don't know who the person is who <laughs> read the audiobook, but they did an amazing job. Um and it's, it's a story about sort of our obsession with true crime um, and talking about sort of the, the four different categories that people often are drawn to when it comes to 
true crime, um, the detective, the victim, the defender, and the killer, and sort of tells stories about particular women who have inhabited those roles at some point in their lives or careers. Um, and what I love about it is that it is also like a deeply self-reflective journey for the author, Rachel Monroe, about what has mm. drawn her to true crime and also her like squeamishness and her sort of... Um, feelings of like ambivalence about like, is this something that I should be spending so much time investigating and so much having so much obsession around? Um, mm. It's like, it is sort of, it's a cultural commentary. There is like some journalism in it. Um, but I also want to be really clear about the fact that it's like not a true crime book. It is not about like, Right. Like the details of like ghastly murders, although some of, of that murder. is yep. mm -hmm. some of that is in there, right? She talks about like the Manson family um to a certain extent. Right. But it's really about sort of our understanding and particularly women's understanding of these crimes and like what is the impulse within her and within these other women that she's writing about to want to be somehow closer to those crimes. Um it's wonderfully written. Um fascinating. It was I went into it really skeptical because I thought it was going to be sort of like true crimey, like, and not, not that there's anything mm. wrong with that, but like a lot, like I thought it was going to be pretty formulaic and sort of like, here are four different tropes and here are the, but it was like, it was so self-investigative and also like investigative of so many other people's sort of like emotions and motives. And what I loved about it was that it was not judgmental in any way. Like it was like, wow. I went to, I did these things. I went to these things. I had these experiences of it, but at no point is she like, women are crazy because they love true crime, right? It's all like, mm. I'm just interested in what this obsession is and what it's doing for us or not doing for us, which I, I loved it. Mm -hmm. Like, I <laughs> feel like I'm trying to justify it because there are a lot of like very disparaging reviews on Goodreads. Um, but I thought it was fantastic. So interesting. Yeah. Um, a lot of people who are like, she thinks that she's better than everyone because she doesn't like true crime. And I was ah. like, that's really not what the book was about. But I can understand that those are the words that you thought that she said. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, so w would definitely recommend it. I thought it was really good. Probably like one of the best books I've read this year. Um, it's called Savage cool. Appetites for True Stories of Women, Crime and Obsession by Rachel Monroe. Great title. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. You can like us on Facebook and you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram and TikTok at Just Break Up Pod. You can slide into our DM, send us your favorite relationship at a meme, but most importantly, you can submit your questions about all matters of the heart at JustBreakUpPod.com, which is also where you can get virtual and or in-person tickets <laughs> to our upcoming live show happening Friday, September 30th in St. Paul. This week, if you're listening in real time, if you're not listening in real time, hello it. from the past. Yeah, <laughs> um, uh, yeah JustBreakUpPod.com. Please remember to follow, subscribe, and give us a five-star rating and review wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, and consider supporting us on Patreon. If you support us on Patreon for as little as $5 a month, you'll get an additional bonus weekly episode, as well as a whole bunch of other perks. That's patreon.com slash justbreakuppod. This literally keeps our mics on and helps us reach more brokenhearted souls who need two random strangers, giving them relationship advice. Just Break Up is a production of Duvid Media Original Music. Recording, editing, producing all magical things by our great friend, Spencer Worth Davis, a.k.a. Big Cats. Make sure to check out his recent podcast, Finding Quantum Quest, and his upcoming cool podcast, Listen to the Trailer. 
It's called Dang, That's Weird. You can find it on the <laughs> Duvid Media Instagram. Love it. And remember, you are allowed to take up space. You are allowed to grieve, to feel, to hurt, to trust, to love, to ask for more, to ask for clarification, to apologize. Your imperfect self can take up so much space if you just let it. If you find the people around you that allow you to flourish, to grow, to fail, to try again, you can take up space. And Sam and I love you so much. And if all else fails, just break up. <laughs>